Hey, Fit Pros, it's the DTF Podcast. Welcome back down to fitness with your hosts, Dayton McPherson and Kyle Radoon. On today's episodes, we'll be talking about running a successful consult that guarantees a sale. This will be a three-part episode. This first part's going to be the assessment. Good morning. What's up, Kyle? I'm excited for this one, man. Dude, I know I, we probably say that on every single episode, um, but the yeah, ones that come to getting new clients and making money do jazz me up a little bit because I, uh, and I know we've said it before, but one of the hardest things in fitness is we're so passionate. We want all the clients in the world, but we have no idea how to sit them down and say, hey, you need to hire me and then actually have them pay you by the end of it. Yeah, everybody always gets into this industry because you think you're promised all these amazing clients like, oh, I just got my certificate. I'm going to start training 40 hours a week. We've talked about it before. It doesn't happen. And then you realize that you have to sell personal training and sell yourself. And some people just don't feel comfortable with that and they have to learn it. It is a process. And Kyle and I are pretty damn good at that process. We actually used to teach the workshop together when we were together at Health Tracks. It was a four-day workshop, uh, and we're going to go over basically part one of that workshop. In a consult, there's usually three parts that we like to focus on. Typically, trainers want to focus on part two, which is the workout. They just want to get people out on their floor, uh, out on the gym floor, show off their stuff. That's why you get into personal training. You want to work people out. Well, we're here to tell you that may not be the most important thing for them. Uh, and then part three. I would argue it's the least important. Yeah, I probably would too. Uh, <laughs> part three is going to be like your close or your pitch, professional recommendation, whatever that you want to call it. That's where you sit down, go over objections, tell them what they need to get those goals that they so desperately need. And there's some sort of exchange with money, hopefully at the end for your services. But part one is the Q&A and assessment. And we're going to go over that one. So let's get this one started off with setting the expectation. What the hell are you going to do in this consult? Because Kyle and I have been around the industry. We've gone to conferences. We've heard probably over 100 to 200 different ways that people do these different consults or onboarding processes. We call them healthy starts at Health Tracks. Uh, I was at a conference in Dallas over this past week. I heard new member orientation, strategy session, journey session. Doesn't matter what the hell the name is. Kickoff. Kickoff. Uh, they're pretty much all the same. Yeah. You, you could, uh, isn't there a saying you could uh, tin tinfoil a rock and put it on your ears, but they're not earrings or something? I don't know. You get what I'm saying though. It's all the same. All right. So with that, what we wanted to say is for your gym, if you are a studio owner, you're doing this on your own, or maybe you're in a big box gym, it's important that you have the session defined. So what's the goal of the session? What's it going to look like? Uh, don't go in without a plan. Know exactly what you're going to be doing that entire hour, half hour, two hours that you're going to be with this individual and do it the same way every single time. It's a process. It's, it's like with anything. It's like learning how to drive a car. You pretty much do it the same way every single time that you get in the car. Same thing with your Q&As, your assessments, your workouts, your professional recommendation. I can pretty much verbatim say and know what I'm going to do in that session. And it's the same for everybody pretty much. And it freaking works. And if I could just jump in and add a little something there. Uh, the reason why it's so important to have that plan and I don't want to say script it, but basically a script of kind of what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, the reason is, is you're going to see so many different people and you're not going to be able to learn what works. So mm -hmm. if you just go in there and wing every single appointment and you ask random questions, you're not sure. Sometimes you sign people up, sometimes you don't. Um, there's no way to really test and try against it. So if this was like a scientific experiment, 
we would lock in certain things and then change different variables to find out what worked best for us. So when you can, you know, and this comes with experience, but over time you start to realize, well, hey, when I ask these questions, they work really well. When I act a certain way, they work really well. Or every time I do this, I never get the sale. So maybe I'll stop making that stupid joke. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it, it's it's great if you can identify those things that work really well and don't. When I am teaching the workshop, I actually did it last week. One of the things that I try to tell some of our newer trainers, you're even veterans when they come on at, after your consult, whether or not that you've got the sale or you didn't, I want you to reflect on it. What went really well? What what did you do that made that person's eyes light up? Or did you say something? You're like, wow, they, they really engaged with me when I said that and vice versa. What didn't you do well? Did, did you go over time? Did the workout not go as planned? Were you stumbling over your words? Were they not engaged with you? And and try to do the good things more and try to switch up the bad things for yourself and, and say, okay, that didn't work. Here's my strategy next time I go in, how I'm going to change that. And we just call it self-reflection. Self-reflect on every single console that you have. And, and that's how you get better at it. You, you grade yourself uh, pretty much. And I've done the numbers for myself. I always like to give this little stat out when I do teach the university. I've done over 1,500 of these consults, pretty much exactly the same. Uh, so I'm kind of an expert in it. I'll just say like straight, straight up, like I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit like this is my bread and butter. I can I can teach people how to do a consult. And as much as I don't want to say that I, oh, I'm, I'm really good at teaching sales, like I I kind of am. And, you know, we, we always talk about, well, I don't want to trick people. I don't want to sell personal training. I just want them to do it. I was like, that's bullshit. All right. You, you have to do that. And in, in order to get these skill sets kind of nailed down, you have to practice and you have to be okay with asking people for money. You, this is a job. I, I don't want everybody to think, oh, this is a hobby. I, I could do this for free if I want to, because I just like it. And it's like, come on, man. It's like, we're all in this to change people's lives. But at the same time, this is my career. And I've formed relationships with my clients over the years using this process. And I just want to talk about the, the process itself. And then I'll let Kyle jump in a little bit. So when talking about defining your sessions and figuring out like what they're going to look like, Kyle and I have seen the, the best ways that some of the companies out there do this. Typically, they're two hour long uh, complimentary sessions or whatever that you want to call them. Okay. So two of them, uh, works pretty well. I've seen some companies do one. I've seen some companies do three. I've seen some do three half hours, but majority two, one hour sessions, programs, whatever that you want to call. It. And now we didn't talk about this beforehand, but our history together, uh, are you still on the idea that one is plenty and two is kind of bullshit or have we changed that recently? Because I do know some people from Health Tracks listen to this podcast, uh, I will tell you the way that I feel in a respectful way. I think two is great for individuals who are new coaches. I think that you need two in order to build that rapport up with people. And uh, typically the, the way that I preach with new coaches is use that second session as like literally just a workout. Like what what's going to be uh, training like for this individual and you interacting with them out on the floor because a lot of coaches shine that way and you can't sitting in an office you just don't have the skill set to do it yet whereas i could if i wanted to during one of these consultations i don't need to bring you out onto the floor i i can get you to invest in 
a thousand, fifteen hundred, whatever that it might be, just by talking to you. And that is a hard skill to do. So yes, I think that two is great for new coaches. But in the first appointment, I'm always looking for a coach to give, we call it a professional recommendation. Here are the issues that this new client is coming in with. And my professional recommendation is training two times a week for 60 minutes because of X, Y, and Z. So all the things that you had told me before that you struggle with, you don't know how to exercise alone. Your motivation is a three out of 10. You're afraid of getting re-injured. Those are my three big things that I pulled out from doing the Q&A that are going to affect your reasoning for investing in me as your personal trainer or fitness professional. So yes, I think two is the gold standard. I think it's great. Uh, if you own a studio out there and you're really good at it, you can probably just do it in one. But uh, for the most part, with those larger big, big box gyms, you have a lot of turnover and things like that with people coming through the door, personal trainers and things. So two, two is going to be best for them. Absolutely. All right. So I, I brought that up not to put you on the spot because that's okay. Yes. I, 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 I thought, I thought I did fine. I, no, I no, no. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, no. And, and, uh, we never want to put you in hot water there, but, uh, I don't work for health tracks and I love them. I think everything that they do is great. And I have, and I have nothing bad to say about it. What I will say is that I used to be the one that swore by two appointments and this has changed for me. And that's why I wanted to bring it up on the, the episode today, because when we did our workshops and we had trainers sitting in front of us asking us questions and we would say, you know, here's the first one, you got to get XYZ done. And then our second appointment was kind of, nah, everything else, give it your second shot. And it was, you know, you're going to do your best. And I would argue that it was a great opportunity to build more rapport. I couldn't really teach them what I wanted to teach them and show off my skills in one session. Uh, so the second opportunity was that trainer session to really show them, uh, you know, the greatest workout they ever had. So I really support that. And I think the reason I support it is exactly what you said. New trainers need that time to fumble through the first assessment, then show off what they're made off of as trainers. Mm -hmm. With that said, yeah, do you, do you say something? So <laughs> the, the other thing about doing two appointments as well is we all know that it's hard enough to get people in our schedule, right? To, to get a prospect to book an appointment. If you have 100 members, let's talk big box gym. You have 100 members at, you know, LA, Planet, Globo, Workout, World, 24, Fitness Tracks. Uh, any of those, you're going to get 100 members every single month, let's say. Of those 100 members, probably if your sales team is really good, you'll get 50 appointments booked for your said consult. Of those 50 appointments booked, the ratio of people that will actually show is about 60%. So we went from 50 now we're down to 60%, make it easy. We'll call it 30 people are going to come and meet you out of those 100. They're there. Now, if I don't give them a professional recommendation of how often that they should train after the first session or during the first session, and then I use that puppy dog close to say, oh, well, I'm going to book you for your next one. And then we'll do a workout and I'll give you my professional recommendation. Of those people that do the first consultation and book the second one, the show ratio on that is closer to like 30 to 40%. So of your 100 members, if we do the math right, 30 of them came to that first appointment. And now you're looking at maybe 10 coming to that second appointment. So 10%. Then if you're only trying to close the sale or get them to invest on the second appointment and your sales skills are low, now you're looking at three out of 10 people that are going to buy out of 100 Mm -hmm. So we started with 100 people and we whittled our way down to three. 
Yeah. And, okay. and, and it's really amazing when I say that. So what, my whole point is that you will give yourself a better opportunity to have more clients if you are successful in giving a professional recommendation and your sales skills are honed. If you do it in your first session, and I'm not telling you not to do the second session, I'm going to give a professional recommendation on the first one. If they're ready to go ahead and start, cool. We don't have to do the second appointment. If you're not ready to start, you want to go home, you, you want to think about it, cool. I'm going to book you for that second one. We are going to work out. At the end, I'll give you my professional recommendation once again. So now, now I'm going to get you with two professional recommendations. Mm -hmm. It's exactly the same. So yep. that's just the way that I feel. Um, and I, the last little tidbit I throw on there is that you did that with a 33% close. The trainer that probably finds themselves using that many steps probably doesn't have a 33% closing ratio. No. So they probably are more like a 15 to 20% close. So now we're actually talking maybe one or two clients. Yeah. So, and now if, you've actually done twice as many sessions on yeah. a lot of these people. So now I've done what? I've taken my 30 appointments and I've really ended up doing how many? Yeah. To yeah. not get... You know, so anyways, I didn't want to end up on that kind of yeah. rabbit hole. Where I was going with this is that if you are good and you have the experience and you understand these key important parts to your assessment, we don't have to go into that second hour. And I've changed my tune on this because when I had all those people, I had all the time, I was in the gym all day. It didn't matter to me that much if I had to bring them back for a second appointment. Mm -hmm. And I was overlooking a really important thing. When I went now to the studio model, where I have very few people in front of me. One, I don't have the time anymore. I'm the only person that works. I don't have a front desk. I don't have a membership team. I don't have a marketing team. I don't have a social media squad. So let me tell you, every single hour of my business I have to do, I can't afford to do two assessments for every single person that wants to hire me. Yeah. I also can't afford, because now my leads aren't 100, they're more like 10. Right. I have to make sure that every single one of them signs up. Right. So now, how do I take 10 people, book 10 appointments, and close all 10 of them. And that's what we want to talk about today. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, Kyle and I can probably close on a good day, eight out of 10 people. Yeah. Yeah. In studios, it's a little bit different. Those people usually come with the expectation of signing up and yep. things like that. But uh, another great stat for all, everybody to know before we start jumping into this, I don't want to take too much of the time, but 10 people you meet for a healthy start or a consult, three of them, no matter what you do, are not going to buy training. You could be the best salesperson in the world. They're not going to buy training. Three of them absolutely will buy training, no matter how bad it goes. The other three is who we're trying to, you know, I, I don't want to use the word convince, but ha have the light shine on the reasons that they need you in order to achieve their goals. So we're looking at those three people today with this information. So we can get you from a 15% closer to a 66% closer. Good day in my books. Yep. Yeah, no, so transitioning those three into signing up versus letting yeah. them go is the difference yeah. between making it or breaking it in this industry. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Three people are going to walk in. They literally Googled, I need a personal trainer and I have money and I'm going to pay you whatever. Just take my money. Right. Uh, so, yep. All right. All right. So, so let's let's jump in. All right. Cool. All right. So, assessment. Well, hold on. Hold on. I was going to I was going to lead into this one. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. What is the first step to your assessment, your consultation. Do you want me to answer truthfully or do you want me to have you jump in and be like, no, it's this day? <laughs> I want you, no, what is the first step to your, a good consultation? First step to a good consultation is a building rapport even before they come in through the door. And how do we do that? Either by a 24 hour confirmation phone call or if you're really good in the industry, you are going to call them twice. So the first one, if you book them a week out, 
I'm going to call them about two or three days later, all right? Uh, just, just to say, hey, I'm really excited for our appointment. Do you have any questions, comments, concerns about it? Da, 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 da. I'm really pumped for you to come in. It's going to be a great experience for both of us. Then I'll do a 24-hour confirmation phone call just to remind them, same way that when you go you know, to the dentist, get your teeth done, go and get your hair cut, whatever that it might be. During that 24-hour confirmation phone call, what I'm going to do is I'm going to offer them a free gift. I'll have a free gift waiting for you at the front desk when you come in. Would you like a t-shirt or would you like a water bottle? You know why I do that? Because now they feel compelled to come in because I'm giving them something for free that's tangible rather than they just see it as a free session. And, you know, now I'm going to give you something for coming in. Uh, when that happens, typically anywhere between 60 to 70% more likely show ratio just by offering something. Offer them something small. Offer them a mini band. Offer them a water bottle, a free guest pass. Like it doesn't have to be a lot of money. Just offer them something free. Which one would you like? Which option works best for you? Right, Kyle? And we'll talk, so I have we'll a talk about that. I have a witch clothes on my free gift? Yeah. Which, which option works best for you? Oh, I'll take the water bottle. Great. I'll have it waiting for you at the front desk. Awesome. Cool. So that's the first thing, 24 hour confirmation phone call. Then, then they're going to show up to the gym and we're going to go through our meet and greet. So our meet and greet, Kyle had talked about this a couple uh, weeks ago. You want to try your best to meet them at the front desk. If you're coming from another appointment, you, you might be running up there, whatever that it might be. You want to thank them for coming in. Thank you so much for making the time to meet with me today. It's really important that we do that. Everybody's busy, not just you. They're busy too. They got stuff going on. Make sure you know their name, all right? That's really important. I see that a lot with coaches where you, you may call them the wrong name and you just completely lost it's, their It's interest. over before it started. And my yeah. hack right here, I, uh, I'm i the king of screwing up your name. I've been known for this forever. Yeah. You know how I fixed it? I wrote their name out on the sheet before they got there. <laughs> exactly. I would have Good. my consultation form right there. I had already written their name and all their information that I knew about them. Mm -hmm. And actually, if we back up to that confirmation phone call, or even maybe when I booked the appointment, that first call of the two, I'm asking questions like, uh, you know, what are your, some of your concerns? Cause then they tell you things like, you know, my knee's been really bothering me and I'm really, you find out that they were really scared to meet with a fitness professional because they had yeah. knee problems and maybe in the past they had a trainer that hurt their knee or they have a bad back. So sometimes getting that out will actually help improve their, uh, their show percentage as well. Yeah. So and they'll be more open during the console as well. If you're already asking those questions too. And you said something that I want to bring up that drives me insane. Have damn forms ready. All right. Don't <laughs> walk them into your office or wherever that you do your console and start rifling through your papers. Oh shoot. We don't have any printed off. I, I got to go do that. Oh damn. I can't find a pen. You just look like a hot mess. And again, you've already lost them. So I've got my black pen ready to go. And I've got my forms ready to go, ready to start this appointment. And I look professional. And Kyle, why do we want to use a black pen? Well, I was going to ask you about the black pen. But uh, but I want to go back to that phone call thing. Because the other thing about the phone call was the injury stuff. I've written that down on my forms. Because oh, not yeah. only do I need to have my name on that form, but I want to remember all about that knee injury or that story of the trainer that hurt their back. Because if I go into this consult, after calling them and having a conversation and I forget and I don't go, all right. And I know you don't have any orthopedic concerns and this, and that. And they go, you don't even care about my back. I told you about it. Right. You're trying to prevent some of these immediate losses of the sale, because the mm -hmm. second you showed that you don't care or you weren't listening or you weren't paying attention, you're done and you're dead in the water. Yeah. So yeah. writing Everybody, those notes down, yeah. 
from the phone call yep. prevents you from looking stupid. And you actually look incredibly intelligent when you're like, when you can recall all that information, boom, mm -hmm. boom, boom. All right. Wait, you, you remember all that stuff about me? Yeah, of course I do. That's my job. Yeah. You said it's my yeah. job to take mm -hmm. care of you. And if I don't do those things, I can't take care of you. Right. So that all falls into where I was really going with this is professionalism. Mm -hmm. So the whole, if you're going to ask someone to give you a hundred dollars an hour, you better be a damn professional. That's right. Because $10 an hour trainers are unprofessional and that's fine because I'll pay mm -hmm. you $10 an hour to be a jackass. Yeah. If I pay you $100 an hour, you better be prepared. You better be buttoned up, tuck your shirt in, tie your damn shoes. Like, don't be a slob. Mm -hmm. And now going into this where Dayton was, sorry. That's okay. So I, I was always bringing it up to you. So black pens. We want to use black pens because your brain can register the color black very, very easily. So if you write your own name down on a piece of paper, it looks at the piece of paper and says, oh, that's Dayton. If you use any other color black pen, what your brain has to do is then convert that color into the color black. I know it sounds crazy. Look it up. It works. So when we're doing this and we're going through a professional recommendation, we're writing things down for people, they register it faster and they make decisions easier. You're skipping a decision step. That's all that we're doing because at the end, when we give a professional recommendation, we're asking somebody to invest and make a decision. I have eliminated one of those decisions already with your brain converting a color to black. I know it sounds unsure? crazy. Yeah. If you're ever unsure of something, like you don't know if you want to buy it or not, and you're going, I really want this, but I don't know if I, I'm not going to make the decision right now. You don't know why you don't want it. And that sometimes is just your brain playing tricks on you. Any I, hesitation yeah. creates doubt. And if I can eliminate, even if it's a micro fraction of hesitation with 1500 consultations, maybe that's 15 clients over the course of 10 years. So I'm going to do everything that I can to get a new client. And if that means I always have a black pen, I'm going to have a black pen. I'm not going to use gel pens. I'm not going to use blue. I'm not going to use red. I've got black pens all over the house. There's hundreds of them all over the house, in my pants, in my back. They're black. They're not blue. I when I learned this, I went around the clubs and I threw out all the pens. <laughs> so oh, I, I went... God. I went they somewhere a couple weeks it. ago to uh, a facility and I met with somebody and they gave me a blue pen as like a goodbye gift and I threw it in the trash. Mm -hmm. But now <laughs> it's funny. Now, if you actually know like other like official documents, I'll use blue pen because it doesn't look photocopied. So right. in, in my gyms, I would throw it all out. But the back office people, like the accountants and all the teams would be like, I can't find a blue pen in the place. I'm like, nah, we're we're in sales, so we don't do blue pens. Yeah, we don't we don't do that. All right. So the next piece, we've got our forms. We've uh, you know said thank you for coming in, all that good stuff. The next thing that we want to do is find something that we can connect with them about, whatever that it might be. So I always like to give real world examples. A couple of years ago, my very last new client that I took on. Uh, I did a, a healthy start with her. I wasn't supposed to because uh, the coach she was supposed to meet with was sick. She comes in, she's wearing a Yukon t-shirt. And I just started talking about UConn with her. Uh, my wife was getting her PhD uh, at UConn and we just talked, we sat in the office and literally just talked about UConn and how her experience was there and how she was a professor there for a long time. And she worked in the same building a long time ago that my wife was currently in. Didn't take her out on the floor, nothing. She ended up purchasing training just because of that. So if you can find anything, connect with those individuals, doesn't matter what it is, shoes, watch, they got a hat on, they got a shirt on, whatever that it might be. Maybe it's where they're from. I don't know. Find something, connect with them. It'll allow them to open up to you and the appointment will go so much better. I can promise. Yeah. Uh, so far, everything we've talked about was just getting your potential client to be comfortable. Yeah. 
Between setting the expectation, making friends with them, building rapport. We haven't talked anything about sales or fitness yet. Nothing. 20 minutes in. But guess what? This is all part of that process. This is I'm I'm in the process of selling right, yes. right now. And and that's always insane to me is when Kyle and I used to do the workshops when they were four days, the third day was all about sales, sales psychology. Everybody's like, oh, I'm just going to come to the third day. No, 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 no. You got to come to the whole thing. The third day is probably the least important thing. It, it's oh, this. Probably it is the least important. Yeah. Like the, the whole process is is selling. It's it's the hello to the goodbye. That's it. And and getting people's mindset into that. Like there's no magic word that I can say that'll get Kyle to invest in me as a personal trainer. It's just not going to happen. I wish I could teach it to you because I'd be a very, very rich man, but it's not happening. Okay. So the last part about your meet and greet before we move on to actually being in the office is explain to them what the next hour is going to look like. See if I can do it off the top of my head. So I'm going to use uh, health tracks right now. So thank you so much, Kyle, for coming into our healthy start appointment. Do you remember, you know, when you booked it, what this appointment is all about? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, you told me we were going to work out and I was going to, you know, do some training with you. Yeah. So we're going to do that the second part. So today what we're going to do is we'll start off by going into my office. We'll spend about 15, 20 minutes getting to know you and your body. We'll talk about exercise history, past injuries, and what your goals and fitness are. After that, we're going to use our in-body right here. This will give us a baseline of where you are and where you want to be. Once we're done in the office, we'll go out onto the floor. We'll do a very small assessment with one another. Then we'll get you into that awesome workout based on what your goals are. After I've gotten all that information with you, I'd be ready to give you my professional recommendation, how you can achieve your goals in a timely manner. How's that sound? Sounds great, Dan. Where do I sign up? Exactly. So I'm guiding Kyle to let him know what the appointment's going to look like. And by the way, none of that was written down. That was all off the top of my head. So I'm pretty proud that I can still do that because I don't, I don't do consultations very often, but he knows what's going to happen. There's no surprises of what's going to go on. And I've already told Kyle that I will give him a professional recommendation of where to go from here. I'm going to try to sell you personal training and that's okay. Yep. I see a lot of coaches after they get done that workout, what starts happening? Their heartbeat is going. And they just like, don't get into the sale because they're so nervous about it. I've already told Kyle that we're going to talk about that. We're already going to go back into my office. So it brings my anxiety down and probably Kyle's too, because he may be thinking, so there are plenty of people that have been members of 10, 20 gyms and they've all done this before. So they may be thinking it's a sales process. Well, I already told Kyle that we're going to talk about training. It's his decision whether or not he wants to invest. I'm just going to go through all the pieces. Moving on, talking about those lovely forms that you have. Uh, Kyle is really good at this stuff. Uh, one of his favorite sayings is two ears, one mouth and trying to find those people's heartstrings. So Kyle, why don't you take this one away a little bit? I'm going to shut up and let you kind of talk about heartstrings and listening. So you're going to demonstrate the two ears, one mouth while I do all the talking. You got it. Uh, so yeah, so something that, you know, we coined the phrase two ears, one mouth. I don't know where we got it from, but you know, the, the greatest yeah, trainer sure, is yeah. the best thief or whatever we say. Right. So I stole that from somewhere, but what it really comes down to is in communication, if you want to show someone how much you care about them, you actually do less talking, you pay attention and you listen. So, uh, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. We should use our ears twice as much as we do talking. And if we do this in a consultation, that, that means that the person in front of you is going to be able to tell their stories, let their guard down, get comfortable with you, and kind of open up to you. If you are always 
jumping down their throat, asking a million questions, not letting that conversation flow naturally, they will constantly have their guard up the whole time. Uh, and you know, we'll talk a little bit about body language and things like that, but that kind of closed off, they'll cross their arms, their arms will shrug up a little bit. They start to feel like you're there to lecture them about how, what they should be right. doing or why their elbow hurts. Or And a lot of times I see this issue with great trainers because they want to vomit their uh, education. And I'm, and I'm yeah. guilty of this too. If there's one thing, uh, it's probably the reason I talk about it the most is because I'm the most guilty of it. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the truth is, is here we are, we like to talk, start a podcast because I can talk forever. Yeah. You come to me and be like, well, I've been sitting at my desk forever. My shoulder always hurts. Every time I reach up in the cabinet, it hurts. And they say, so I can't lift weights. My inclination always is to jump in and describe the importance of weightlifting and how the front of the shoulder is tight and weak and the, or the back of the shoulder is weak. So we need to strengthen it up and get your posture and get the shoulder. It goes right over people's heads, right over their head. And then they're looking at you and they're just kind of like, they don't care. I just want to sweat and lose 10 pounds. Now they don't understand that they can't sweat and lose 10 pounds if they can't use their shoulders. Right. But that's, this isn't the time and the place for that. So, right. You you do that after you do that when you've built that rapport, you don't, you don't have to do it right now. I've seen tons of coaches. I know Kyle has to talking themselves out of a sale, just, Mm -hmm. just skill set to shut your mouth. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So so it, just going back to that, listen, take your notes. So you got your consultation form in front of you. Ask the question, sit back and take notes. Let them tell their stories, find out all, you know, and then my questions, I'm just nudging them a little bit to get them to dig mm-hmm. deeper into their stories. Right. Oh, I want to lose weight. Why? Tell me more. Tell me more. How much weight is, hey, you said you, you know. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll talk about weight loss and then you're like, you want to ask more questions and we'll talk about yeah. dig deep, not wide. I think yep. probably going to go into that here in a second. Yeah. But as we're digging into those questions, I'm just kind of nudging them to go further into the rabbit hole and find what we call their heartstring because their emotion for why they're in front of you is the reason why they're going to hire a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So it, if you want, you look like you're ready to jump in there. You want well, to take- well it, you know, when, when trying to find individuals' heartstrings, and, and that's why we talk about dig deep, not wide. So an inch wide, mile deep, all right? Their goal is not to lose weight and gain strength. That's not a heartstring. Everybody wants to do that. I want to do that. Kyle wants to do that, okay? Like, why do you want to be here is the most important thing. And the way that you get to that is by asking over and over and over again, why? In, in in an intellectual way. So if Kyle says, I want to lose weight, then I would say, okay, Kyle, um, tell me a little bit more about that. How much weight do you want to lose? Well, I want to lose 50 pounds. 50 pounds. And how did you come up with that number? Well, uh, I used to be this weight when I got married and I looked really good. Oh, you're married. That, that's fantastic. Um, so when you got married and, and you were that weight, how did that make you feel like walking down the aisle? Oh, it made me feel really great. I, I looked wonderful for my wife and my family said that I all looked great. And unfortunately, over the last couple of years, I've just put on a lot of weight. I'm in, I'm in pain when I get out of bed. So what I've discovered just by asking why is that he had a lot of confidence when he was that size or this individual and they're in a lot of pain now. Those are more important things that I want to focus on than you want to lose 50 pounds. Cool. Everybody needs to lose weight for the most part in America, but why do you want to lose weight? I can help you with that better. And then what I'm going to do is repeat and remind them of why they're in this session with me 
the entire time that we're sitting down. So before we start talking about that piece, let's go into mirror and matching, toning. So actually, I want to, the, the imagery thing is, is really great. Yeah. Because I know it's, it's something that they can, you're trying to get them to attach themselves to this goal. Now they say it's weight loss, but it's not, it's not a, fis, a visual or aesthetic goal. It's actually a feeling. And what you did there is you tied an emotional feeling and a time of their life where they felt a certain way. They felt happy. They felt confident. They were proud. They were getting married. They were doing all these things. Now, those are going to remind them of these positive memories around this thing. A lot of right. people come into fitness and have negative uh, ideas around fitness. So if you change yep. the mindset to a positive mindset, now we're also going to increase their ability to want to change, to yep. want to go back to that. So you tied their feelings to this weight loss goal. So now it's not weight loss. It's, mm -hmm. I can help you get back to that feeling of yeah. being a badass. Mm -hmm. Don't you want to go back to that? Everybody wants that feeling. Everyone wants it. And now also as a successful trainer, and we'll skip way ahead, six months down the road, when they have only lost five pounds, they don't cancel on you because they didn't achieve their goal of hundred pounds weight loss. You remind them how freaking great and strong and confident they feel and you'll change their whole life. And it was mm -hmm. never about weight loss and you'll keep them forever. Yep. So confidence is king, baby. Um, so still in that consult, mirror and matching, which I think we've touched on before, Kyle, or no? Okay, so mirror and matching, you know, I, I'm just going to not mimic, but kind of be the same person that Kyle is. I mean, we already act pretty similar anyways, but in a consult, if he's got his arms crossed, I necessarily don't want to cross my arms, but I'm not going to lean all the way into the table and have a conversation with Kyle. If he is leaned into the table, I'm going to do the same. I'm a big leg crosser. So if he's got his legs crossed, mine will naturally do it as well. I'm going to try to mimic his tone, his appearance and kind of what he looks like. And it just naturally happens if you're really good at it and you don't have to think about it anymore. And we even want to do that when we're out on the floor with them. Kyle and I always talk about levels. So if you have a client who's doing a plank down on the floor, I'm going to kneel next to you. One knee, not two knees. Don't sit on the floor. Please don't sit on the floor if you're a personal trainer out there. All right. It just doesn't look professional at all. Um, and then after, you know, we start to form this uh, non-speaking relationship you start to feel a part of a community. They've done lots of studies on this. If you take a room full of 100 people, 50% of the room will kind of be doing the same thing as the other 50% of the room. It goes back to uh, like indigenous peoples and wanting to be part of a tribe because they used to take care of each other. So you want to be around people that you feel safe and you want to be taken care of and take care of them. Science, I'm not making this stuff up, all right? I promise. Um, no, it's very real. Uh, and I challenge anyone that's ever been, you know, sitting around like a campfire, hanging out, telling stories, doing like a barbecue type thing, like a social outing. Yeah. Just look. if you and like you grab one or two people or your friends, like cross your legs within the next five to 10 minutes, you can get almost everyone in that circle to cross their legs. It's pretty cool. It, it's a really fun social experiment. And I'm telling you, once you've done it a few times, it will blow your mind because it, it really does work. Yes, Absolutely, it does. Um, and I want to go back to mirror and matching because there's something, you know, we talk about mirror and matching as the sense of like matching someone's like energy. Uh, and you kind of touched on, touched on communication as far as like verbiage. Mm -hmm. How I talk to someone is totally dependent on how they are. I will not take um, maybe the maybe a little old lady, soft spoken, quiet. When she walks in, if I 
jump up and go, good morning, Susie. I can't wait to blah, 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 blah. How are you doing today? Like you just walked into a game show, like a contestant at a game show. You just scare the living shit out of her. She's going to go right back into that kind of flight or flight type mode, right? Good luck. Whereas, you know, maybe you called the person on their confirmation call and they're like, ha, well, I'm, I'm sitting out by the pool drinking a beer right now. So maybe you could help me with that. Maybe that's the guy that walks in and you're like, hey, hey, got any how was that beer? <laughs> how was that beer? Exactly. Right. So you're mere, now I would never say, how was that beer to the little lady that walks in? Right. So right. it's it's a different attitude. Um, and then when you're communicating with someone, if you watch their facial expressions and how they move their body, you can tell exactly how they're receiving the information. Hmm. If they're looking around the room, they're not paying attention to you. You've obviously lost them. So bring it back into something that they care about. You know, talking about that shoulder injury yeah. thing. They're here for weight loss. I'm talking shoulder injury. They're looking around the room. They're checking their watch. They're looking for time. Right. You find someone start leaning back away from you and you lean in. It's really awkward and uncomfortable. So when Definitely. we say match them, like lean away, they clearly don't want you in their space. Right. So, and these are things, let me tell you, how many people are just in life? I, I meet like just making friends out in public that don't understand basic social cues. When someone crosses their arm, checks the time and keeps looking away, do something else. Talk to yeah. someone else, go somewhere else. Yeah. They don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. Get away from me. Get away from me. Right. Um, Let's continue so, on communication. All right. So I have some words that I want all the fit pros out there to get rid of in your vocabulary. These are like my least favorite words in the industry. When I hear them, I get a little tick and my head starts to twitch and my ears start to bleed. They're horrible words. So these are Dayton's naughty versus nice words. So naughty, bad words, nice words I'd like you to replace instead. So the first one is, can you fill this out? <laughs> you get that all the time at the doctor's office, right? Can you fill this form out for me? doesn't sound very, very professional. Sounds too pushy and no one likes being told what to do. So instead, I would say, can you please provide me with some information so that I can best serve you or best help you or best coach you? Sounds a lot better. Don't tell people to fill a form out, all right? It just sounds yeah. bad. The next one, if you at your gym sells a grouping of personal training sessions, please don't call them a package yeah, Kyle just did the throw up face. That is a program. So we sell 12 session programs, 24 session programs, 48 session programs. I don't sell 12 packs, six packs, eight packs. I'm like, it like pains me to say that word because a program like Kyle and I talked about a couple weeks ago is everlasting and it's progressing. A package indicates that there is an end. It's like going out and buying a package of soda. There's six cans and a thing of soda. After that six, it's done. Then you can go choose whether or not you'd like to buy another six pack of soda or not. Same thing with personal training. If you say pack, they're like, okay, I get 12 and then I'm done. If I say 12 session program, after four of those personal training sessions, I'm going to start telling you what we're going to do in your next program. So your next program, we're going to be focusing on this. Your next program, we're going to be focusing on that. So it's everlasting, always ongoing. We're just doing a 12-week cycle pretty much right now. That's all that we're really accomplishing by saying program instead of package. Uh, next ones are all kind of in terms of like buying things. So uh, people don't buy personal training. They invest in themselves. So get rid of the term buy and switch it with invest. So investing in yourself is going to uh, be X amount of dollars today. Today's payment is going to be X amount of dollars for your health investment. Not, I need you to buy another 12 pack. 
that was like the most disgusting like sentence that's ever come out of my mouth. All right. Uh, next one free. I always like to say complimentary. I do get some people that kind of push me on this one. Uh, you don't offer free uh, sessions to people. You don't offer free anything. They're all complimentary because your time is not free. Even if you aren't getting paid, like if Kyle works in a studio and he works for himself, Kyle doesn't get paid when people come in for those, but he's using his time for this person's benefit. So it's complimentary. My time is not free. And the last one. Well, and, and on that one too, you also take away the value in what you do. Yes. Yeah. I am very confident and proud in the quality of the programs I deliver, the sessions I deliver, the consults I deliver. Yep. That even if I am not going to take money from you, that doesn't mean that there is no value. And Correct. when people hear free, People constantly like, oh, that's free. Uh, maybe I'll grab it. Maybe I won't. It's free. Right. It can't have any value to it. Correct. So it's very much like I'm giving you something complimentary. Or mm -hmm. and, I, and the reason I think people give pushback on us on not using free is because I can't put on an Instagram ad complimentary sessions yeah. because it doesn't look good. It doesn't. It just reads funny. It's not yep. great for marketing. Mm -hmm. So I understand if you're like putting out promo ads where it's like, hey, come get your free session. Like sure. I... I, I, I can definitely understand. But when we're in conversations with people, I want you to be talking about the value. So I'm always saying things like, well, don't worry about don't worry about the first one. That one's on me. Or because what people hear is, oh, he's going to take care of me without charging me. Right. Not, hey, take advantage of this free coupon. Right. Because a lot of people take a free coupon and throw in the trash. What happens when you give someone a business card? Now, I don't know if you still do this. Do you have business cards where it has a free session on the back? Or uh, you I had didn't, teams I, that did, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. How many people not. came back and turned those free sessions in? I've worked for Health Tracks for eight years and I've never seen it. So uh, I don't know, probably 10,000 10, or more cards have been handed out. Yeah. And I, I also don't carry business free is, cards. So. Free is, well, yeah. But free is trash. I'll just yep. go get another free session when I'm ready. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, Build, va build value in yourself, essentially, is what we're trying yep. to say. Like you are valuable and your time is valuable. Your knowledge is valuable. Yep. All right. So those are just some words during communications. Let's talk about some of the questions during your Q&A that I personally love and that I feel are the most important. And there are probably 10,000. But when you ask questions on your Q&A and your consult, the only thing that you are ever trying to do is get this person in front of you to validate the reasons that they need you and they're going to invest in you. So my favorite questions that I have uh, during my consults is number one, on a scale of one to 10, how motivated are you, you to achieve your goals starting today? All right, that one's an important one, starting today at the very, very end. Uh, if they give me a one, what's my response gonna be, Kyle? What does Dayton always say if somebody gives me a one or a two? What do I say? You, you wanna be their gap to bring them to a 10. Yeah. So if Kyle is a two, I'm going to be like, that's great, Kyle. I know, I know that this is a starting point for you. My job as your personal trainer is going to be giving you those other eight points to make sure that we can get you to a 10. So I did a lot of things right there where I use the term me as your personal trainer. All right. I'm letting Kyle see the future of working with me. I said that I'm his personal trainer, even though there's been no exchange of money. I'm your personal trainer. If it's just for today, fantastic. If it's 10 years down the road, great, or it's somewhere in between. I'm Kyle's personal trainer right now. So as your trainer, my job is this because you can't do it. That These are all the questions that basically I'm trying to get them to understand is you can't do this. That's why you came and saw me. 
The next one that I love is how would you rate your knowledge on, a, again, a scale of one to 10 on how to properly exercise alone? Again, alone is really important. Again, Kyle gives me an eight. I may ask a follow-up question. Why do you think it's an eight compared to a two? Um, you know, I've been in gyms a really long time. I, I pretty much know what I'm doing, uh, you know, and then I might say, Kyle, that's great. You're an eight. What I want to do is be able to go out on the floor and, and make sure that we're at an eight so that you feel confident when you walk through the door. And if we discover, uh, you know, through our exercise workout together that we're not at an eight together, I can definitely get you to that eight. Okay. Most people that say that they're above a six uh, are not uh, when it comes to exercising alone. Uh, they, they think they have a lot of knowledge and then you go out there and they got knock knees when they're doing squats and everything hurts and, you know, dropping down and coming back up. But that's neither here nor there. That's a whole nother thing. And the last one that I love is how many days do you plan on committing to exercise per week? Is it realistic with their goals? Kyle wants to lose 100 pounds. Is he only going to work out one time a week for a half an hour? Then we need to rethink about his commitment level. And then great, you can work out by yourself one time a week for a half an hour. But if your motivation is a two and you only want to work out one time a week for a half an hour, I can probably almost guarantee you're not even going to do that. And you're just going to be wasting your membership. So I'm going to professionally recommend professionally recommend that when we get to that, that Kyle starts training with me because his motivation is low and that he's only committing to one time a week for a half an hour for himself. He said he's going to go walk on the treadmill. Well. That's really not going to help you out if you need to lose a hundred pounds. Nope. Do you uh, have some favorite and, questions that you well, so, like yeah, asking? So a, a couple of things here. Well, I'll definitely talk about the questions, but just to add on a little bit here. Um, now we're doing this three-part series. The last part is all about the close and the sale. But what we say, that's the least important part. And honestly, if you didn't even listen to the part three of this series, you'll be a successful personal trainer because what you need is what you're listening to right now. This may as well be part three because yeah. what you just did there, your favorite questions happen to be the ones that knock out your objections. Your three favorite questions, um, motivation. Yep. A lot of people don't have the motivation or the commitment or the dedication to do it on their own. Okay. People will always say their number one thing is do it on their own. Okay. So we can knock that out of the park. If they tell us that they're a one, they're not motivated, I'm going to be nine points. You can't come back to my sales pitch and say, all right, I'm just going to try it on my own because I'm going to come back and be like, well, I, I thought you were a two. And you, this could be a very positive conversation, right. but it's, well, okay. So I, I know you said earlier that it was really challenging for you to stay motivated, committed. Uh, you only were a two out of 10. Is that still true? Mm -hmm. Because then when they say it again, Right. Uh, yes, it is still true. Now I overcome that objection. You can't use do it on your own. Um, time. People always say that they don't have time for it. You just ask them to commit how many days a week to exercise before we even talked about your sales pitch or your professional recommendation. Mm -hmm. So now you just told me, oh, you can work two days a week. Which days? Because I'll actually go as specific in that question to be like, what yeah. days are the best? Yeah. Oh, you'd never miss a Monday? Great. What's the second day that you know you can commit to? Wednesday. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you know if there's a third day that maybe if something comes up on Monday that you have a makeup day? Well, mm -hmm. sometimes I can do Fridays. Good. Now cool. I know in my head, I have three availability days for your two times a week program. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, basically with objections, the, the way that you want to overcome objections is before they come up, after they come up or never. I have found the most amount of success with uh, knocking down those objections before they come up. 
So I'm trying to answer those objections right now. So when Kyle said it, I give my pitch or professional recommendation at the end. You can't say no, because I've already knocked down all those objections. And when you do give me an objection, Kyle said it, I like to call it giving back on a silver platter. Well, you know, I, I can't because I can't commit to the time. Well, you just told me <laughs> that you can. And I just give my professional recommendation again. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I did say that. I'm yeah. not putting words in your mouth. I'm asking you specific questions so that you can convince yourself, not, not me convince you, convince yourself that you need this. That's the only thing that I'm trying to do. I think car salesmen get a bad rap because what they do is they try to paint the picture of you in their car. I want to do the opposite. I want you to paint your picture of what your future is like, and I'm just going to be the, the transport to get you there. Right. I just so provide you with that. So I just keep getting you to say all the things, right? Mm -hmm. That's all I'm looking for there. Yep. Uh, so as far as uh, my favorite like questions and answers, uh, outside of obviously the ones that are going to help me overcome objections, uh, they're going to be the ones that help me show off my ability as a trainer. Hmm. So what I mean by that is I want to find out your exercise history, because if you are someone that has, uh, maybe you tell me you're scared of barbells or I always walk on the treadmill because I'm scared to put dumbbells overhead. Now, if you're a good trainer, I actually like to use those answers to put them in those positions where mm -hmm. you are scared of the weight room because barbells make you nervous or dumbbells make you nervous or pushing something up over your head makes you nervous. Mm -hmm. Well, I can guarantee myself a sale if I can get you into those positions and make you feel comfortable doing them. Yep. So, so now, you know, as a trainer, I'm going to show off how comfortable I can make you, how good and safe you are. Now, if you're not a good trainer, maybe don't test this on your first consult, but I've done this enough times where I can look at someone and be like, I got you. Mm -hmm. And if I can, if I can get that out in the, the Q and a, so that when I do go on the fitness floor, I got them right where I need them to be Yeah. to yep. be successful. Exactly. Um, the other thing too, also is we, we know people sign up for gym memberships and they don't use most of the gym. So just getting them into an area that's new and exciting. So yeah. maybe it doesn't have to be the piece of equipment that scares them. It could be the piece of equipment they mentioned. Oh, you know, my buddy always plays with those sandbags and mm. I think they're so cool, yeah. but I have no clue what to do with them. I went to pick it up one time and I, it fell and I yeah. dumped sand everywhere. <laughs> and it's like, let me show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that definitely in the, the demo training session portion of this three-part series. So that would be part two about doing things that are new and exciting. Like that's yeah. very, very crucial to this whole thing. So <laughs> the, the next thing on our notes, Kyle, I kind of want to skip. We were going to talk about assumptive selling and planning seats. I want to save that until like the third part. I think that would fit a little bit better here. We're having a good conversation about this setup. So I don't wanna dive into like any salesy type stuff right now. Um, so I'm good with, you know, my portion of the Q and A. Do you wanna move on to talking about some more assessment parts with the in-body and being out onto the floor? Or did you wanna add anything else? Um, no, I think, so when we talk about floor presence, uh, let's leave that for part two. Um, okay. And then, the, you know, as far as, because that's part two is going to be all the training, the exercise, the programming, the interactions, uh, and then sales at the end. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty good. The only thing that maybe you would say is part one is that, um, you know, you mentioned like the in-body, it's like measuring. Now, if you don't have an in-body, what I basically, what I'm saying here is some kind of trackable metric. 
Yeah, a baseline. Now, yeah, and I want a baseline only simply because I want to be able to go back in 30, 60, or 90 days and show someone how much better they got. Now, if you're not in a fancy gym and you don't have a five or ten thousand dollar, you know, body composition scanner, that's fine. It can be tape measurements. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the handheld body fats are actually more expensive than most people realize. They're like five hundred dollars. Oh, I used to think they were like sixty bucks. Honestly. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, they're really expensive. So even if you don't have those, um, I don't like calipers, but like yeah. if you're a, a private studio and it's you and your clients, maybe calipers are the way to go or tape measure. Um, but then the other non-physical metrics, and this is something I've added into my my programming a little more recently, is tracking things like their energy, how well they sleep, mm. uh, asking questions like that, because if maybe we don't lose any weight on the scale. Maybe we gain 10 pounds of muscle, we lose 10 pounds of body fat, you're on the scale, nothing's moved. However, you notice that you can, you know, get up and down from the floor, or you can play with your kids differently, or you've been sleeping so well, or your sex drive is through the roof. I want to understand those metrics because I want to go back and remind you of the baseline that you have improved. Mm-hmm. Because if you only judge your clients based on their scale weight, which most fitness professionals know that's stupid, the general pop still lives and dies by the number on the scale. So if you get someone that they're, you might've changed their life and they're actually a pound heavier than when they joined, you might yeah. still lose them. Yep. So remind them of all the other metrics. So in, in this first part, it's definitely metrics. And yeah. I don't know what that is for you. Pick your own. Right. Maybe you don't feel comfortable asking about sex drive. I do because I know damn well those middle-aged folks when that starts to go down, their life changes. And mm. if you can get it back, they don't care what they look like in the mirror because the truth is they wanted to lose, that guy wanted to lose his gut because he wasn't getting laid anymore. <laughs> he couldn't get it True. up. Yeah. It, 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 sex drives a lot more than we think. Yeah. So those are things that are important to me. So find yep. your metric if you don't have it in body. That right. would be all I'd say. Yeah. And Kyle said it really well. So I don't have anything to add. Um, I do want to discuss quickly before we wrap up uh, the floor assessment, even though we're going to talk about part two, which is the workout, you're still assessing them one more time after you do like your calipers or body fat index or whatever that it might be going out on the floor and doing an assessment. I like a lot because this is the first thing that I can do to really let myself shine as a fitness coach. So uh, I don't care what anybody does for an assessment, as long as it doesn't take over four minutes, three minutes, please, for the love of God, Anybody out there who is FMS certified, do not use your FMS during your consults. And that is because the FMS is relatively hard. What? Put it in the trash. <laughs> it's really hard. You, Most of you are seeing gen pop. All right. I would challenge even some of you trainers to do the FMS test and see if you fail at it. So now you're getting somebody in front of you who is going to utilize this FMS test that's never exercised. They're definitely going to fail. And then you're going to tell this person that they basically stink at exercise and they've got all this stuff wrong with them. And you've just turned this positive experience with trying to get someone fit into a negative one. Why would they want to sign up if you just told them that they're fat and they aren't flexible and they're in pain? Guess what? They already know that. That's when they chose to call you to come in. They know that they're out of shape. They know that they need help. So why am I going to spend more time on it? Basically degrading them. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, most people, most people that walk in, I can be like, Hey, touch your toes. And when they can't, I'm done. Like, I don't need to know anything else. 
The only um, thing that I do is a body or sorry, not body weight squat, a box squat. So I'll instruct somebody here's a box said, sit down on that box 10 times. And they're like, how? I was like, I don't know, however you want to. Mm-hmm. And then I want to uh, see what they do. And I can feel myself itching because I want to jump in on that. But Go. this is totally part two. So I'm going to cut it off right there. All right. Um, thank you. Nice, everyone nice little for cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah, right. You got to find out. Uh, wait a few more weeks for part two. And then part three will come shortly after that. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Bye, Dave. Bye, everybody.